Welcome to the Public Health Networker, the official podcast of the Public Health Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. April Moreno. Join us as we speak to public health professionals around the country and around the world in global, community, and environmental health topics. Join us also as we speak to podcasters in this field of public health. To learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. And in the meantime, enjoy the episode. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Public Health Networker. We have an episode today about consulting in public health and this consulting space, what the career options look like, um, what it's like to live as a consultant and work as a consultant for public health, the benefits, the rewards, the whole thing. (laughs) And so today we're speaking with Christy Van Horn. Christy is the founder of CBH Consulting, a public health consulting firm that offers training and instructional design services to national and international health organizations. She lives in the Hudson Valley in New York, and we welcome you today, Christy. Welcome. Thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, April, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, and so um, I you know, would love to hear more about you. Tell us a little bit more about the work you do, your background in public health. Tell us more. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a consultant, as you mentioned, and I work primarily in education and training. So I create and develop engagement driven learning, <laughs> custom learning solutions, mm-hmm. which is really just a fancy word for curriculum development. Um, I help a lot of organizations evaluate their current program rejuvenate, I like to call it, their current programs. Um, I help with conference agendas, creating workshops. And in the world we're living in, I mean, I I don't know if we're still saying the new normal or if it's just acknowledgement that the world has changed and the way that we're we're learning has changed in the sense of, of how and where we learn, right? So I'm helping organizations to adapt their programs to meet the needs of participants um, through blended learning options, asynchronous education, and also in person. So what does that all look like for larger organizations that had really in-depth and, you know, what's the word for it? Just very dynamic and long programs that now need a bit of a facelift. Um, mm-hmm. I create health education curriculum, learning materials such as toolkits, and also train the trainers. Really, anything education, I'm all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would be helpful for me to give a couple of examples sure. of work that I do. I think that's always easier. Um, so, one of my current clients is the Institute for Healthcare Improvement. It's been such an honor to work with them. It's about a year now. And before COVID, most of their programs were actually all in person. And some of their programs were, you know, three times a year, four full days, you know, people flying in from all over the world for these programs, really intensive. And they have realized that the world has changed and I'm helping them build and create blended learning options for their programs. So what they're trying to do is, Adopt a way of 
providing programs that could possibly start with virtual learning options. Then they have a smaller in-person training. So one that used to be seven days long will now be three or four days long. And then the virtual learning on the front and back end will help to save money for the organizations, everyone involved, right? And they're also having the opportunity to really spread out the, the content and it just doesn't feel as overwhelming, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's, that's one project that I'm working on. And then another is one client I can't name, will <laughs> remain unnamed, but um, just creating discussion guides and activities based on video interviews with patients. So they go out and we know how powerful storytelling is and then create those videos, patients watch the videos and then I'm helping to create learning discussion guides and a train the trainer to train those who will then implement that, that, um, that video and the discussion guide with, with patients. So it's really fun. I love the work that I do. That's awesome. And I think that's the most beautiful part about consulting. We can probably talk a little bit more about that yeah. later on. But how did you get into health specifically, public health, healthcare? Um, oh boy. <laughs> I feel like when when people ask this question, I don't know about you, but I, it's like I feel a little old. <laughs> Um. Like as far as it feels like it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. That's what I should say. Yeah. Um, I, how I got into public health um, as an undergrad, I did an internship at Human Rights Watch. Mm -hmm. And one of my projects there was working on HIV and AIDS um, abuses in South Africa. Um, men thought that if they had sex with a virgin, that it would cure them of HIV. Uh, have you heard this? I think before? I've heard this before. Yeah, it's but. an older myth, um, but it really just changed my perspective. My undergrad is in history, um, which led me to and study more about international relationship, relations and, and human rights, which then led me to public health. Mm -hmm. Um, so I joined the Peace Corps mm -hmm. after I graduated and I worked on an HIV project in South Africa. I ended up going to South Africa, which was really interesting. Um, cause you don't get to choose where you go in the Peace Corps. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's, yeah, the rest is history. I never looked back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I love, love that. And we, we do find that a lot, um, in the public health journey, it just, happens um, true it wasn't intentional in many cases um same here i started out with a public administration degree um, was brought in to do some strategic planning and from there it all began right got on the train yeah. <laughs> well i think it's it's really interesting right i think before covid public health wasn't really something that most of us knew about it's it, it was very I don't know, it's not something you learn about on career day in, in elementary school, right? And I feel like that's changing. Um, but I think for us, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't know it was even a field <laughs> mm -hmm. until I was actually in it. Right. Yeah. I didn't know what, I didn't know anything about public health when I yeah. got the job. Yeah. <laughs> See, My job was yeah. just to make sure they implemented a strategic plan. That's all. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so from there, just learned a whole lot and just really love it so much now. And so, you know, 
with your background in HIV um, support uh, and services in South Africa, what is your current uh, or particular, um, you know, interest in public health? What what focus? What topic really connects with you, and why? Yeah, so I love this question. I I think there's there's four, and in my opinion, they're all interrelated. Uh, I would say health equity, women's health, health literacy, and history. And the you know. I'll use an example again. You know, women have been dismissed throughout history. We know that funding for women's health issues um, impact women are are not funded, right? Mm -hmm. So, wait, I think I just said the same thing twice. But we <laughs> we know that funding for health issues that impact women, mm -hmm. such as endometriosis, cervical cancer, fibroids, just to name autoimmune deficiencies. Yes. Um, are less likely to be receive funding and are less funded, period. Mm -hmm. So, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here. No, I just love that you mentioned that because I was just thinking that about autoimmune because this yeah. month is autoimmune awareness. And yes, it's also women's health month. So it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's all interconnected. And I think um, it, and even the, the fact that I get so, I'm so passionate about this. You know, we we also know that medical treatments impact women differently, but there's still a lack of analysis and clinical studies broken down by sex. So you would think that that would be a quote like an easier solution. Analyze the data, right? But we know that that's still not being done. So that's a health equity issue, and it increases the need for health literacy interventions, both on the patient and doctor side. Um, patients need to know their rights. They need to know how to talk to their doctors. They need to know how to describe their symptoms and trust that they have agency over their own bodies. And doctors really need to trust women and listen to women. And so these, yeah, this is one of my I would say one of the topics that I'm most passionate about, but certainly health equity, um, women's health. And then because my undergrad is in history, I, I just, I love studying the history of public health. It's like blending my worlds. <laughs> so, so yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And there's definitely a need for understanding history as we think about the pandemic even. Oh just, yeah, absolutely. So, so much that much. we tend to forget. Um, there is. We love to forget. So, we do love to forget. And it's, I don't know if you've, there, there's a book on the Spanish flu, but the parallels, it's just like, and, and it's really upsetting when you think about it, how far we've come in medicine and public health and how many similarities there are to something that have something similar that happened a hundred years ago. It's just it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Right. And then kind of knowing the outcome of that <laughs> exactly <laughs> yikes yeah okay so how did consulting start for you so you were working in yeah. the peace corps and then from there how did you uh i think you know many of our listeners may you know wonder this question right now how did you get your first client how do you step in yeah. how did you step into consulting so i feel bad when people ask this question because i was really lucky i had a number of jobs before i started consulting so i worked for planned parenthood as a health educator i got my mph i was a research assistant i had a number of jobs um 
I worked for a couple of national health organizations is in their education departments. And then I had a very toxic job um, and walked away from that work environment before it was a thing, <laughs> before it was acceptable to walk away from a, a toxic work environment. And I just want to say kudos to everybody out there that's really taking their power back in the workspace because it's, yeah, exactly. Let's clap because it's about time. Um, but I got lucky. I walked away from that toxic work environment in 2015 and I'm very privileged. I have a, a, a partner, I have his health insurance. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna be okay. It's never comfortable, but I was gonna be okay. It came from a very privileged place. Um, but in about, I would say like two to three weeks, someone actually called me and said, we have some work for you. Are you interested in, in taking this on? Um, and it was right in my wheelhouse. It was just, you know, going back to that rejuvenation of programs, they wanted to update their programs. They wanted to make them more engaging and it lasted over four years. So I was really lucky. I really fell into consulting and back in 2015, there really weren't that many of us. Um, it wasn't like it is now. And I just, yeah, again, I feel, I feel really lucky. Um, and then over time I just started doing, I had my primary client and then I had other smaller projects and I've been pretty lucky with the consistency of my work. Um, I think, you know, if I, I were gonna, to give a bit of advice right now, it would be don't, you know, keep your connections. Mm -hmm network with others. And I know we're going to talk about this in a, a second, in a little more detail, but really just trust yourself and, and, and connect with others um, as much as you can so that they know what you're doing and what your specialty is. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I think I have a similar story uh, as it you know, it starts with consulting. I think even as a student, every so often you get hired uh, to um, teach a class and sometimes they might or might not let you do that as a consultant, right? I think you can, yeah. you can just claim it as a sole proprietorship even if you're yeah, teaching a, absolutely. a class. So that's actually like, the, that could be considered the beginning of a consulting uh, role if they want to keep you on to continue, um, you know, maybe adjuncting or whatever it is. Um, thinking about how how it is uh, taxed or how you sign the form. If they're open to the 1099 W-9 process, then you have a consultant business. Yeah, you such know? a great reminder. I love that you mentioned that. Yeah, okay, so that's your first, the first step. And similarly, um, it was 2015 for me as well that I stepped into a very toxic environment, unfortunately in a public health setting. Oh, and- um, you know, yeah, same. Oh my gosh. It's awful. Yes. I was working in maternal and infant health and you would just think that, yeah, we won't yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of why I started this network as well, just because we need to change the way public health is run. We need to change yes. the way it's communicated, operated, um, implemented. There's just so much. 
Um, so and true. there is there's a lot of toxicity in within the field of public health. Public health yes. itself needs an audit, you know. Yes, it's serious. And uh, so yeah, that's when I got my autoimmune disease, my anxiety uh, diagnosis, uh, all of it, so much. Um, so that's why I quit the full time work. Um, and similarly, you know, thankfully, you know, um, you know, I'm married, been married for, you know, about over ten years now. Um, just, one of my best friends since we were like young, pissed off college students. You know, we've just, we just been, we've known each other forever. Um, young activists, pissed off, you know, the whole thing. We're going to change yes. the world, you know, change yes. the system. <laughs> and um, I think we're doing it actually, you know. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening. And it so is. with consulting, um, yeah, sometimes you just make that choice and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, either or you can do both right and we do see a lot of folks who work for government agencies who are creative and they break out into you know maybe resume writing services or yeah. um, career services to help um, others get into the field so there's so there's yeah. so much you can do as a consultant I mean it's really just all about all about creativity it's about yeah. just what, so what you enjoy and that's that's the best yeah. part it's it's a puzzle it takes so much time yeah. but it's, it's wonderful. So let's get into the next question then. What advice? Uh, so you, you gave a little bit of advice, but what more can we say about um, how to get started in consulting for public health if someone was interested in this field? Because it does seem, you know, if you were to just think about it, on, you know, just, you know, instinctively, it seems so difficult. Like how, how do you, like, it's not something you, I don't know, maybe they will go into learning or teaching this in you know, the MPH setting or something, but, um, you know, how do people yeah. get started in consulting? That, I think that's a great question. I think you just highlighted a really great point about starting small. So if you already have a job, if you are interested in consulting and you, and you have the capacity, because I mean, we're all running on fumes at this point, right? Mm -hmm. So yes. like, if you have the capacity to take something on and do small projects on the side, that can be a great way to, you know, get your feet wet and start thinking about it, set up your LLC or whatever it is that you want and start those, those kind of foundational business um, steps that you need to take. Uh, I think that's a great way to, to get started. Um, I know one of my closest public health friends, she worked part-time. So she was full-time, went to part-time while she started to build her business. And that's another, you know, great tip. Um, I do have a lot of advice <laughs> at this point. I, some practical and then a few words of wisdom, but I think on the practical side, one of the things, and it is so hard, especially when you get started, but have a niche, like find, figure out and figure out what sets you apart, essentially. You know, I used to do facilitation and training and I still do some facilitation, um, but now I really focus on the instructional de design and training. And that messaging really helped my business. And you might be like, well, they're, they're very similar and they are similar, but I think people, who are looking for an instructional designer want to grow their programs or improve their programs. They're not necessarily looking for somebody to come in and facilitate a meeting. Those are different skills. So really think about that. What sets you apart? 
um, and try to niche down. And it's so hard when you're first starting out because you're like, I don't want to limit myself, but trust, I'm not even the expert here, but like trust the experts. Everybody says, you know, like figure out what sets you apart and really go with that and trust yourself. Um, you know, have a client or two that can get you started. We both just mentioned that. I think the other thing is to have savings. This, it just doesn't happen overnight. It's a business. Um, any business takes time to grow. So, you know, have a security blanket for yourself um, for many reasons to, to give yourself the time, but also the, it's just, there's a lot of pressure when you're starting a business. So having some savings is, you know, really, if you can, I, I highly recommend that. Yes. And then, the, you know, I, and then the other piece to this is that also costs money, but I highly recommend it when you are starting out is to have a good lawyer and to have a good accountant to get you started. Mm -hmm. Um, and people are like, oh, that's so much. I promise you. And I'm not just saying this because everybody says it. It's really true that when you pay for it in the front, in the front end, it will pay for itself in the long run. Um, accountants and lawyers, I just did my taxes yesterday. And my accountant is just like, she's just a little wizard there, like trying to figure out like how to save me money. And, you know, it's, they really do. They, and when you find good ones, they advocate for you too. So, um, you know, there's a lot of women in business groups locally. Um, there's, there's great ways to find good folks in your area to help with these things. Definitely um, ask around, don't go with the first yeah. one. Go with someone that you trust. So a person you trust who recommends someone they trust. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, our tax person's amazing. And yeah, just yes, I love recommendation. <laughs> I don't know when at some point this week before we went to the accountant yesterday, it was, I was like, uh, I don't want to do my taxes to my partner. And he, he was like, you love Donna. <laughs> and I do, I do. I love my accountant. She even said yesterday, she's like, you're one of like 40 people out of my 600 clients that I actually give my cell phone number to. And I'm like, Oh, I mean, so those relationships exist. And it's so great when I have a question throughout the year, I can just send her a quick email and she gets right back to me. So find somebody like that, find your people. Um, yes. And then yes. my only other little bit, one quick word of wisdom is kind of going back to what I was just saying, but having a business, starting your own business, it's really hard. I think a lot of people glorify it and there are certainly benefits. I think one of the hardest things for us as consultants is that we don't have that we don't always have that consistent paycheck mm -hmm. and you're always thinking about well, what's next. Mm -hmm. Even if I have current clients, it's still like, okay, well in six months, what am I going to do? And so it can be inconsistent and that's, that can be stressful. Mm -hmm. um, but you learn to prepare for that. You learn to save for that. You learn to find support within the community. As I've already said, you know, find your people. I have so many incredible friends and I consider them friends at this yes. point. I, yes. you know, they are, they've got my back. These, yes. And 
I met someone once that thought that we would be competitive with each other. And I'm like, no, they're all like my best friends. <laughs> I love like that. we're not competitive at all. I, I just, and on that note, we have such a strong community, right? Like we have your podcast, we have Dr. Huntley, we have Omari and the public health millennial, like who is the public health millennial, you know, like we, there are just so many great resources and so many great people out there trying to support what we do. Mm-hmm. So grab hold of that. And, and, and yeah, just yeah, most definitely find your people. And that's what I'm learning along the way. You know, I've been trying to build, I shouldn't use the word trying. I am uh, been building <laughs> since the end of 2017. This is not you know, it's, I mean, officially this started last year, but just consulting and business alone took me that long to get to a point where I'm just like, people are starting to see the work that's happening here. We're starting to make an impact, but it did take this long. Yeah. And yeah. So, it takes know, time. It definitely does. It takes time. You go through the whole emotional journey. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that journey ends. <laughs> There are so many highs and lows. Mm -hmm. I I feel like sometimes owning your own business is like a roller coaster. It is. It's like, I mean, we were talking before we started recording. It's like, I've had so many of those moments this week where it's like, I get an email. It's really exciting. I am just going up on that, you know, roller coaster. And I wouldn't say it's a huge come down, but then it's like, okay, I just got this awesome email. I want to take advantage of this opportunity. But at the same time, I have five deadlines this week. So how am I going to do all of this? <laughs> and these are the best problems. I'm not complaining. It's true. Um, it's true. But it's still, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> it is. It's definitely a lot. And I mean, that's, I guess it's just part of that curve. You get to that point where things are working and then you're starting to get these emails and these wonderful opportunities. I mean, we're talking, it took years <laughs> um, yeah. to get these opportunities. And it's just like, okay, I want to, you know, engage with all of this, but we have to decide yeah. how we're going to manage this. So it's wonderful. And I love what you mentioned about the friends that you've made, you know, with uh, business yeah. and just with life, you know, we talked about the toxic workplace, you know, and it doesn't have to be public health. It can be academia. It can be anywhere you work. Mm-hmm. You can have a boss who's just a complete nightmare. You know, it just happens. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, there's a culture shift that needs to happen in the workplace, not necessarily just in public health, although we need it because, I mean, that's what public health is. Um, But there does need to be this culture shift um, for those who do work full time. And I mean, otherwise, I mean, it may not have been that, you know, some of us had to go into consulting, but it is the most creative and wonderful journey. And I will say that. Um, And also uh, in terms of people and humanity, uh, we are getting to the point, you know, you can see our logo, we got the heart, you know, and it looks, it could be, you know, it looked cheesy, I don't care, you know, Um, (laughs) whatever. Um, I love it. You know, it really is about people and, and the kindness of people around you. It really, everything we do in interaction with people is about humanity, right? It's about spending time with people who care about just the goodness of life. It's as simple. It really is as simple as that. And when you can bring that into your consulting business, you will thrive. You will make friends. You will make yes. lifelong connections and people will support you. And so true. You will get those referrals. You'll refer uh, jobs and opportunities to other people. This is all about relationships. And, and that's, that's the best part. Yep. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yes. Love it. It's all of that. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's just like life itself. It, it does have its challenges, I would say, but I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose anything else. <laughs> I wouldn't either at this point. Yeah. It's, oh, I don't know. I don't I, I love one of my current clients. It, honestly, mm-hmm. I would work for them maybe, <laughs> but I don't think they, but yeah, I, I, I say that this is a great ending. I say that. And my next thought is no, Mm-mm, I'm not giving this up. I love it. Right, I love it right. too much. I think another great thing about consulting, just a one other, you know, uh, piece of, I don't think it's advice, but just a comment is I love how many different people you get to meet when you're consulting and you're always learning. I feel like in some jobs, it's easy to just get into the nine to five. When you're consulting, you're always meeting new people. You're working on new projects, which pushes you to, you know, just, just always be open and ready. Um, especially me, I, cause I do training. So I'm always learning and working with different subject matter experts and, oh, it's just, it's just awesome. I love it. Yeah. It's definitely constantly um, learning. I mean, that's, that's where you want to be in life. You know, if you're not yeah. learning, um, what is your brain what doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So please tell us uh, how we can connect with you. Um, some of the maybe projects that you've got ahead, anything that you'd like to share with us, any, anything that you want to reach out about and how we can connect with you. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of projects right now in the works. Um, just because I'm lucky and my consulting business is doing really well. So I'm pretty busy with clients right now. Um, but I do offer workshops on the history of um, health disparities and current impacts. And that's that can be uh, a live training if, if anyone's interested in that. And I also have patient communication workshops. So if anybody's interested in those, um, and those are really like menu, you can see those and I can come in and and do those trainings. And of course you can also hire me as a consultant to help you create your trainings. Um, But to connect, I am on Instagram at Christy underscore public health. And there's only 500 ways to spell Christy. (laughs) So it's C-H-R-A-S-T-I-E underscore public health. And then Twitter is Christy underscore MPH. So yeah, and both of those links, you can find my website. Thank you so much for sharing your story, sharing advice about consulting. And I just really enjoyed this conversation. I think you too, April. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And again, to learn more about us, visit publichealthpodcasters.com. Get your podcast listed on our public health directory. You can also become a member and develop your public health career journey with us, networking with other peers in the public health space. Visit us at publichealthpodcasters.com.